And lo, the gods looked down, and they saw that it was icy on the lake, and they said, Hey, I don't know if you're doing anything later. You want to rent some skates and just kind of see what happens? We could uh, go on a little, uh, I don't want to call it a date, but maybe just like skate around. And you could teach me a little bit and that would be pretty nice. And the other gods were like, yeah, sure, whatever. No big deal. I'm Alex. And then the god of the hot tub was like, oh, you get in me because that's a fucking place. I'm Justin. <laughs> I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about the latest episode, the seventh episode, I believe, of season three of American Gods, Fire and Ice, bringing it all together. Oh, Get a man, little fire. That's great. Get a little ice. You got yeah. yourself a party. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, man. You just got a moist room afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. Because the ice melts. Steam. That's how steam is made, Pete. Oh, okay. Yeah. I get an ice cube and a flame, and I just steam up my uh, kitchen. That's my weekend activity. (laughs) Oh, that's fun. Now, as usual, spoiler warning, we're going to be talking about the big moments in the episode, broad strokes of the plot, as we very cleverly hinted at. The landlord, (laughs) uh, Marguerite, I think her name is. Marguerite, I keep forgetting. Even in the episode, I'm like, that's landlord. Her character name is landlord. I mean, me too, but I think she prefers to go by the landlord, yes. especially in intimate situations. Yeah, well, she's definitely getting the rent in a different way this month. Oh, 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 come on. Come Overdue. On. Come on. Be an adult about this. Never. Shadow Moon finally seals the deal after a nice little skating date uh, with the landlord. Uses some of his powers. Which is interesting. Yeah, That's a big step for him. Great bar trick. And people, of course, still looking with uh, looking for Allison throughout this episode. She's missing. He uh, has a showdown with Derek, classic television character Derek. We find out a lot more about him this episode. Um, and uh, yeah, that's kind of what's going on with Shadow. Meanwhile, Laura Moon is teaming up with Salim and Danny Trejo. AKA Mr. World, try to kill Mr. Wednesday. They make a little bit of a deal there. There's some uh, animal footage in the background that I think has nothing to do with what they were talking about, uh, but certainly there's a lot of that. <laughs> that was fun. I, I just wanted to point out to pull back the curtain a little bit. We we watch this and then I stop for tacos in between. So I just wanted to let people know in honor of Danny Trejo, <laughs> I went out and I got myself some tacos. Man. But they're not Danny Trejo tacos. I wish. All right, you know, I don't have access to Danny Trejo tacos. I'll live in California, the sunshine state where everybody gets tacos. But I'm telling you, Pete, that Danny Trejo uh, would be mad about your non-Trejo taco purchase. I think Danny Trejo would appreciate the fact that when I see him, I want tacos, and I'm supporting a local taqueria. To be, to be fair to Pete, Justin, he did go to that Irish place down the block that serves tacos, Trejo tacos. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, written by, run by uh, Mikey O'Trey. <laughs> yes, of the O'Trey family. Uh, so that's what's going on with Shadow Moon. Uh, and Laura Wednesday, meanwhile, is being hunted by a beast. Uh, and that leads to a big reveal at the end of the episode that Tyr... His brother is the person who's been coming through him all along, messing things up, and now Tyr has Shadow, which probably is going to lead to some sort of showdown. Lots of other things happen in the episode here, but this definitely feels like a big turning point for the season. Uh, what'd you guys think about this one? This was an emotional episode for me. I mean, started off riding high, you know, like got a lot of cars, but then what sucks is I have to root for Laura Moon in this episode, and I'm not going to do it. 
You know, I don't care if everybody dies. I'm not going to do it. Uh, but uh, wow. and then a uh, lot of kind of fun, uh, you know, brotherly rival stuff, which I can very much relate to. I, I'm and then some more intrigue from the SNL lady. So I'm uh, I think Julia this is Sweeney. A, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Mrs. Hinzelman. Yeah, exactly. Just one of the uh, I think this is, was a great episode. There's a little something for everybody, but definitely for me, an emotional roller coaster. You had to like seeing the clunker on the ice, right, Pete? Fucking somebody save that car. I don't care who it is. Somebody <laughs> save it. Pete, when you see people like ice skating on a lake, are you like, somebody help them from drowning? No. Come summer, they're all going to be drowning. <laughs> oh, I did forget to mention Bilquis's plot line where she is finding herself as a god. Uh, she starts to have some visions, tracks them down, uh, and has a classic Obi-Wan to Yoda moment by the end of the episode. So that's kind of what's going on with her. But Justin, what was your take on this episode? I like this episode a lot. I, it definitely feels like a strong pivot toward the, the end of the season. It feels like a strong pivot toward the end of the season. It sounds uh, it like, like you got a, a peanut gallery over there. Is everybody okay? <laughs> Should you pass the mic around a little bit, or what's going on? Uh, no, my daughter doesn't respect um, our American Gods podcast. Oh, and she wow. only wants strawberries. She yeah, came through. Strawberry. Can I have strawberries, please? Yes, I'll send some over from okay. um, uh, Mikey O'Tray's strawberry uh, <laughs> side Great. business. I could use some. Um, as I was saying, I like this episode as a pivot to the um, the finale, uh, sort of the finale rack of this uh, season. And it really, I thought this is positioning Bilquis to be um, a, a big power player in the final storyline. Mm-hmm. Like, she seems to be the one who's still gathering strength. Wednesday's losing ground. Um, Shadow st- seems like he's just continues to be a pawn, um, despite the fact that he can make it snow whenever he wants oh, um, man. to impress a date. Um, he doesn't feel like he's uh, anywhere closer to figuring out what's going on for him. Laura, while on a trail to get her revenge, feels like it's misguided. She's being taken advantage of because her needs suit. But God, the new good gods. thing Salim's there to help her ass out. Yeah. I mean, I do like them as a, a partnership, but I just don't think they are doing what's best for the world. They're, again, sort of another chess piece on this board. While Bilquis, of anyone, feels like she is right in the middle of the old and new gods. Um, And we get, I mean, we can talk about this scene sort of in a larger context, but she goes, um, she has this vision. Um, She goes to this this spot. Uh, She has a sort of a fun dance connection with some of the people there. uh, Dance party, man. Yeah. And what's and nice is, you know, you got the foe of the old lady at, who's not ready to dance yet. And that is a tough foe, you know. And, uh, you know, Bilquis had to adjust her strategy. You can't just run up on an old lady. She's not going to let you do that. Not before she's had her plate. You got to respect that plate, man. Got to have that plate. Yeah. Um, I, uh, this is interesting to me. I, I, I understand what you're saying. I'm still not quite clear what the show is doing with Bilquist because she's been in so many different modes. Love the actress, think she's great, love the character, but this is something new for her that I'm still adjusting to, and it almost feels like, uh, I don't know, like Law and Order, uh, American Gods or something like that. Like she's investigating a mystery and trying to find out what's going on. Um, And then we get that reveal uh, that this was the midwife who birthed Shadow Moon, 
And I, I don't know if I wrote down exactly what she says, but basically she does the, no, there is another thing yeah. there, which... she got to find the other half. You know, moon's you only sh- half of it. You got to find shadow that. Co- it's only a half moon. It's yeah. like one of those cookies. Oh, I, I love me a half moon cookie, man. Come on. Well, I mean, if, I, that's, if I could name a cookie, they would. what cookie could I name that you'd be like, nope, not for me? Uh, a shit cookie. Hmm. <laughs> okay, well, it's unfortunate that's what I'm baking over here. <laughs> oh, man. It's too bad. I don't know why you got a fresh batch of shit cookies coming oh, out of the oven. That sounds gross, man. Which, no, so uh, let me just continue with this thought, though. The two <laughs> things that I was going, uh, one, there was the plot thing of, okay, who is this other? It's probably Cordelia. We've already speculated that's probably his sister. She's in the exact same position as him. Um, so maybe we'll get some sort of reveal there, or maybe there'll be some sort of twist. Who knows? Uh, also, I did start to get worried based on Cordelia finding out the stuff and being so centered that maybe we're heading to a place where Shadow Moon is going to be killed off of the show and it's going to pivot over to... Cordelia? There's been so many changes what? in the show. No. I don't know. No? No, I, 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 I think was we're worried gonna... that it would be a Laura Moon was going to be the other half. Um, that's what I'm worried about. Sure. But, uh, I do like the fact that, like, uh, we got to get the kind of like the gatekeeper and the key master together to kind of fight uh, fight off this war that's coming. I also really am happy that Bilquist is kind of the one because she seems like the smartest person to be able to handle this stuff. Um, so I'm glad that it kind of falls on her shoulders to kind of get the team together and ready. I see. I think that um, the reason I think Bilquist is is going to become sort of the main hero to sort of unite everything here is it feels like there are two uh, options like all of the rather than old gods versus new gods it feels like it's the old and new gods all survive or wednesday survives consolidating power around him and so bilquis is sort of being the one who needs to bring this other half together probably a new god that will then um, work with Shadow and somehow merge everyone together into some new pantheon. Ooh. Wednesday, on their hand, other hand, is uh, sort of consolidating power and moving everyone so that he can just be the uh, focus of whatever this final climax is going to be. That's my prediction. Yeah, interesting. Uh, can we talk about the elephant in the room, or rather, the elephant that wasn't in the room that we haven't really discussed you, in the podcast? About- the what? elephant in the lake, Ganesh. I talk oh. about the. Elephant Larry in the room? No, I'm not talking about either of those things. What I'm actually talking about is Marilyn Manson. We haven't really talked about that on the podcast. After his first two appearances on American Gods, uh, Evan Rachel Wood and multiple, I believe, other people came out with some very serious abuse allegations at him. uh, And stars, not immediately, but I think within the next day or so, came out and said, hey, we are cutting all of his appearances as Johan out of the show. You won't see him again. So when they started mentioning Johan in this episode, I was like, oh my God, what are they going to do here? How are they going to even handle this? I thought, like, it's such relatively minor character. I thought it was the sort of thing where they cut out one or two scenes, they would never bring him back again. But here, we find out throughout the course of the episode that Johan has turned into this toothy beast and in a twist gets ripped to shreds by tear by the end of the episode. So really the only time we see Marilyn Manson in any way is when his body has been eviscerated and it's a fake version <laughs> yeah. of Marilyn Manson. How, how, did you, how did you feel about this? How Were you going through the same emotions I was during the episode where I was like, 
please just don't get out of this. Stop asking for Johan. I don't want to see this. Well, yeah, I I was like, how are they going to get around this? It feels like a major story point. But the fact that I I, I don't think anything was reshot Mm -hmm. for this. I feel like this was the story all along that Tyr would kill Johan. So it is funny that Starters was like, no problem. We're going to do our best to get rid of him. And all they really had to do was cut a couple moment scenes of him, like, killing someone. Yeah. And then we just see his corpse in this episode. So it's like they maybe recut just some of those earlier shots in this episode of him hunting. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, it was a pretty easy live to be like, oh, don't worry. We're about to kill him in this show. So <laughs> in the worst way possible. Revenge satisfied. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, it's like when you watch Baby Driver and the car runs over Kevin Spacey's head a bunch of times, and you're like, all right, I feel a little better about this. <laughs> yeah, you're like, did they add that? Oh, no, that's just what you planned on doing to this character, and it just happens to satisfy what we as a culture have decided is the best thing? Perfect. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that's fair. Uh, on the other hand, I think it actually, in a weird way, benefited the episode because you had these really nice horror moments throughout, which we haven't necessarily gotten in the show, which and I thought also- were great. We also got like a predator type, uh, you know, they did the predator shot where that's what I'm talking about. Those were the horror moments in the show. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I mean, predator is it's I mean, it's a horror, I guess, but not really. You know, it's more of an action. It's more uh, of a bodybuilding movie with a horror premise. Yeah, it's more about being oiled up and, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, flexing in front of a camera. No, but I think that like. I'm pretty sure Predator is just a meme that they uh, actually back end developed into a movie. right? Yeah, yeah. Started as a gif. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But it is funny. You don't like horror movies, but you like Predator. So maybe that's why you. Feel that way. Yeah, okay. But I'm just saying, like, it was fun to see the kind of, like, night vision thing or whatever with the monster for a moment. And I was like, oh, we're going to have, like, a this will be the Predator episode. Uh, But then it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, I mean, not to get too nitpicky about it. I think it was more like a werewolf monster thing vision than specifically the night vision Predator thing. But I get what you're saying. Let's not spend too much time on this. Oh, wow. Well, well, if you're going to be a real dick apart, uh, let's really (laughs) fucking take it apart then. Then what fucking... (laughs) Monster thing are you referring to? Listen, man, I need to deal with the comments on YouTube later that are going to be like, actually, that was not a uh, heat signature that you saw through the lens of you on the monster. I don't appreciate appreciate you doing my voice um, as this commenter voice. I don't appreciate you leaving somehow voice comments on YouTube. How are you even doing that? (laughs) Why don't we let Pete handle the comments on this episode? Uh, Smart. (laughs) Sounds good. Smart. Risky. Risky. Very risky. (laughs) Uh, The other horrifying thing I was curious, I thought about Pete, because I know Pete doesn't like scary moments. How'd you feel about the people coming out of the snow? Yeah, the crazy snow people was really freaking me the fuck out. Um, also, I was really upset that Shadow Moon didn't immediately go for the gold coin. I don't know about you guys, but whenever I see a gold coin, I'm going after it. I'm not even if it's like under me. a clunker. That thing First, might fall through the ice fuck, any second. Don't, will you watch your goddamn mouth when you're talking about that car? All right. That car, yeah, that car's in its prime, Alex. That car may or may not be in its prime, but is a car and doesn't deserve the death of you know that car did its job, lived its life, tried to get people to point A to point B. You shouldn't just drown that car for your amusement. Drown it's it, fucking he, unbelievable uh, that you're skating and have a good time while someone's about to die on the ice and no one gives a shit. Is your worry that? Like in a year or two time, when you're the same age as the clunker, we're going to do the same thing to you. 
I'm just worried about the those kids. Like maybe when the weather's nice, want to go sleeping, and one of them get caught in the fucking like trunk of some fucking car that's been dying there, you know. And then the kid can't make it back up to the top and dies in some fucking car because people are evil. We should say that Pete also lives a strict Super Mario lifestyle. When he sees gold coins, yeah. he chases them. When he sees a brick above his head, he jumps and smashes his head into it. Any when pipes? he sees a mushroom on the ground, you know he's going to eat it and hope it makes him bigger. You better not have a flower pot out without a flower in it because I'm going to mm-hmm. fucking jump in there. Yeah, we actually met Pete when he was trying to jump inside of a pipe uh, to get to a warp zone. It didn't yeah. work. He just got his feet dirty. But Big old did, had a bunch fit, of shit though, cookies. Which is really impressive. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. What were we uh, talking about? Uh, let's talk uh, about the Shadow Moon storyline a little bit. We've been jumping all yes. over the place. Um, I like this. I like Shadow in this episode. I think he has been great this season as he's slowly yeah. been continuing to find himself and found himself more comfortable. He, I was talking last episode about how he needs to be in a Netflix rom-com ASAP. Same thing on the date with the skating. Very cute. Uh, and and uh, then at the end of the episode, he needs to be in a Skinamax uh, feature film. If you get in a hot tub, that's the only way things are going. Yeah, truth. Dangerous, those tubs. Regular tubs, normal. Mm-hmm. Make it hot, Uh-oh. it gets hot. Yeah, that's why I always stay in a nice cold tub. I don't want anybody touching me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are you doing tonight? Nah, cold, having some wine in my cold tub. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to have fun. Yeah. Well, I, I agree. Uh, Shadow's great in this episode. Um, he's investigating the Derek situation, and that ends up being just Derek uh, trying to live his own life, get out. He likes yeah, to wear, to, wear, so wear women's underwear. And yeah. and, and I, I thought it was an interesting sort of red herring for, for Shadow, who's solving – he's like solving mysteries in Lakeside, but they're not at all connected to the gods. What does I, this mean for the story? Uh, I don't know. It feels like maybe he's being uh, trying to. He's being by maybe Henselman's doing this is trying to keep a lid on him, trying to keep him there, solving little different things that don't really amount to much in the God storyline, so that he is just ready for whatever she's working for Wednesday, whatever Wednesday needs him to do. That's my predict. The the line you know like so I like to wear female shit sometimes you know was just yeah. really nice. It was magical. Uh, it kind of went from being like Derek is a part of this thing to like, oh, Derek's dealing with his own things. And, you know, that's got to be tough. So I, it was a fun kind of like fake out with that. Yeah, I, I, I was kind of iffy on it. I feel like they started playing for a joke and then switched it to something serious. Didn't love the joke part. Uh, and I'm yeah. glad that they hit what they did, particularly what's what's the cops guy, Carl, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. Immediately, Jeff. Jeff? Chad? Chad? Is his name Chad? Uh, I think so. Something with the C. I don't know. The officer guy basically being like, I don't care you committed a crime. Do whatever you want. That's cool. Uh, That speech was great. But the the first part of it is like, this is a nothing character that we got, we, in the podcast, got wrong at the end of the last episode because we couldn't remember it at all. It felt like they overplayed it a little bit there, uh, which bugged me, but it, they moved on quickly enough that it wasn't a big deal. Um, I did Well, but that's why, that's why I think it points to maybe a, a larger idea. Otherwise, why I have it right. in here. It has to be something about keeping Shadow distracted, mm-hmm. I think. I also thought it was interesting. Um, Hinzelman's charging $5 a day for skates. Buy the skates. Yeah, just get the skates at that point. How that's, expensive are they? 
Are they $500 skates? What's going on? Yeah. Just got the skates. Uh, The other thing, I don't know if you guys caught this, but when Shadow helps her put up a poster on the wall, it's a poster for Hansel and Gretel. So that seemed pretty telling in terms of things that are going on with Hinselman and how she is cooking people into pasties. Oh, shit. That's what I think. (laughs) Pasties are people, man. We've said that on literally every episode so far, but it's true. Yes, it's true this time. And I I don't know about you guys, but I live in a very diverse neighborhood. I've been going around looking and asking, hey, what kind of meat do you use in your pasties? Uh, So far, no human. Not Weird. yet. But it's a bummer. I'm going to keep looking. Nobody asks you what a pasties is? Uh, they call them empanadas here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Um, oh, Alex is a uh, cannibal, a known cannibal. Mm-hmm. One day. Um, it's. Uh, I haven't done it yet, don't you, but I keep hoping. I keep working towards it. You'll right. get there. Yes. Um, what did you think? I mean, you, it was something you talked about an elephant in the room. We did. There was an elephant in the lake. <laughs> I know. That Ganesh. was a bad turn of phrase. Um, what did you think about that? And a gold coin comes up and he doesn't get it. And he sort of, he's interrupted by Marguerite before he can walk over. You assume he was supposed to walk over to where the coin was and maybe he would have gotten it in his hand. What's going on here? Well, he did crack his head really hard on the ice. So I wasn't sure if that was real or not. I don't know. This is a, that was real. Of course it was real. I mean, like we were talking about with Salim telling Laura, Hey, the TV was talking to me and Laura saying, shut up about that. I've got to tell you about something else when they're in this world where that sort of stuff happens all the time. It was the same sort of thing with this, where I was like, I feel like we're past the point where shadow is refusing to believe there are gods and weirdness of the world. So he should have gone over and gotten that coin. What was it? Yeah, I know. It was driving me nuts, man. Yes. But he is very refusal of the call this episode. He, other than the snow thing that he does, he wants to keep his simple life in Lakeside, even though he was against it at first. He clearly wants to be with the landlord. That's making him happy. And I think even the simplicity, like you were talking about, Justin, of the Derek mystery is good. Like it's it's dealing with things that are within his grasp that he can deal with versus a battle between old gods and new gods for the fate of the world. Yeah, and I mean, that's the thing. Like, he comes face-to-face with Wednesday, and Wednesday's like, you're just going to sit in the sidelines, or you're going to get in this thing? Like, what's going on? He's like, no, I like the sidelines. I like driving a sweet Thunderbird, but not taking care of it. I mean, did you see the shape of that Thunderbird? I mean, come on, man. With that, the snow and the salt that gets on those cars, like, if you don't take care of that, it can eat away at your car. You fuck. I mean, a car's value um, depreciates the instant it drives off the lot, Pete. There's nothing you can do about it. We're all clunkers. We're just trying to... No, no, we're not, okay? You can take care of cars, and they can last longer, okay? They're an investment. When I... Okay, go move. Why don't you move to the desert where nothing changes? When my son was born, the doctor asked me if I wanted to hold him, and I said, nah, that's a clunker. (laughs) (laughs) That's what you named him, right? Clunker's album? Clunker's album, yeah. Can we talk about He's still on that ice, I think. (laughs) <laughs> there was a really funny moment in the beginning that I want to talk about. Instead of a mic drop, they had a body drop moment. Did you guys think that was funny? I thought that was kind of like <laughs> enjoying a nice shot of the a boat of a car just like sailing down the road. And all of a sudden they did a body drop uh, into the end of frame. I thought that was kind of funny. Uh, yeah. Sure. Uh, it was, I don't know, I didn't take it quite so mic drop, body drop as you did, but um, oh, okay. I, I mean, there's nothing, yeah. Whenever anything <laughs> drops, it's a mic drop? 
I don't know. I just thought it was kind of a, a fun moment. It just seemed like a you know body dropping out of the sky. Well, we can talk it, more about what you think is going on here with Johan turning into a tooth monster, Tear uh, turning the tables, and they have this whole montage at the end of every, pretty much everybody in the cast and where they are, with Tear having been pulling the strings on a lot of things that have been happening in the background. Uh, what's the plan here? Is this just revenge on Wednesday? Is there something bigger? What's going on? Well, we're saying that burning body was something that Tyr did or something that Johan did? I That's my question, I guess, because we get to see Gunther later on has very similar looking burnt bodies. So maybe it's something Johan did, but maybe it's something Tyr did and it's just not clear. It seemed t- like... A- Tear tease where Tear was like, Hey, your your boy Johan was blowing people up, so here's a charred body from that. Like, or I know that you blew up that uh, motorcycle bar, um, so here's a charred body from that. Like, uh, you can't outrun me, I know what you're up to. It's just classic older young brothers, uh, you know, fighting shit, you know. To me, I, I took it as Johan being like, uh, Do you ever have like a cat? And when they um, hunt uh, in your lawn or whatever, kill like a bird or a mouse, they yeah. leave the corpse on your porch. Mm-hmm. That was a big thing. And we had this wild cat that did that a lot. And I, that was, Johan was leaving the corpse of the person that he killed for Wednesday, dropped it in front of his car. Mm-hmm. That's what I thought. All right. Um, Cool. Could be. Nice. Yeah, I guess it, that you sounds nice. You want to talk about my murdering cat more? <laughs> uh, I d- it's funny, though, Alex, you brought up the fact that uh, the SNL lady is uh, eat- eating kids. And she uh, she did, like, they really did hang on the fact that she was like, yeah, I work at this thing where I just work with children alone all the time. And uh, just like the way that they hung on that, I didn't catch the Hansel and Gretel poster. So that really clicks into place now that you mention that. Well, I'll also mention there was the whole exchange about her having coffee and she's like not supposed to have enough coffee. Maybe she right. goes caffeine crazy, right? And starts baking mm-hmm. kids into pies. Wow. Yeah. That Caffeine does amazing. horrible things yeah. to people, man. My, After my, my daughter my was third born, cup. Uh, who oh, uh, I named Clunker, we uh, cooked her and ate her in a pie because I had a second cup of coffee. Is that, <laughs> does that make sense? <laughs> does that make no, sense? it doesn't. <laughs> because does your that bring a couple of threads alive. together kind of a little bit? Does yeah. that work? Should I workshop you're, this a little more? No, I think you've definitely. The doctor's like, you're going to name this kid Clunker too? <laughs> Two Clunkers? I'm like, no, we're down to one. <laughs> One of them's still on the ice. Uh, what else should we talk about with this episode? We've definitely been very focused here. Yeah, well, we have. Uh, let's talk about Laura and Salim. Yeah, um, Laura going hard, and Salim being like sort of taking the role of her lawyer, and she's like, "What the fuck are you doing, dude? Yeah. I don't need this." Yeah, I which that is. Was fun. I mean, Laura continues to be sort of the breath of fresh air in the show to me. Oh, like she shut is. Up. She feels like she's seeing Shut the action every episode of sort of like, what, why is everyone being so serious and weird acting and posturing? She's very anti-posturing. That's why I really liked her in front of these big, like, dramatic animal screens um, in the meeting, just being like, what? Why is this so stressful with a, with a video rolling? Yeah, it's always the person who comes back uh, after they've died and come back and has got a new outlook on life that is always like over uh, the little things. But I think that uh, I don't enjoy her 
Um, but Salim is there to save her ass time after time. He kills that murdering ant that was going to bite her and uh, uh, kill her. Uh, luckily, he saves her. And then, even though she doesn't deserve it, he still negotiates for her. So they got a fair shot at this. And this is going to come down to the uh, a little bit of a battle royale. And I'm just sad that I have to root uh, for Laura Moon. Does that ever happen to you when you're watching nature footage, like the animals actually crawl out of the screen? Yeah, um, a lot. I watched um, the documentary Jurassic Park, mm-hmm. and I was surrounded by fucking raptors. Oh, you I watched probably... the documentary Jurassic Park 3, and the same thing happened to me. You should, wow. you should, I don't know guys. what you're smoking before you're watching, Alex, but maybe you should tone that down a little bit. You know what I mean? Smoking a little clunker, you know what I'm talking about? No. Jurassic Leave Park 2. smoker for a while it? that makes the pies taste real nice. Oh, my God. Jurassic Park 2 was a fictional movie. <laughs> yes. The other ones were documentary. Well, it's like the Blair Witch thing. The first Blair Witch was real. That was a documentary. And then Blair Witch 2 Book of Shadows was a fictionalized version. And that's why exactly. nobody liked it. 100%. 100%. Uh, yeah, the Laura stuff was great. I agree. Uh, I also really like the stuff with Cordelia kind of bringing her into the circle and having her freak out. Um, Wednesday being on a defensive position I thought was really good throughout the episode as well. Um, I really loved uh, the landlord and shadow making love at a Christmas tree farm. I thought that was very nice. That's a great place to make love if you've never done it. I want to set that scene in a snow globe that I can put on my mantle. Mm. That's what it felt like to me. (laughs) Stars Um, should make them. I thought Dunk was fun the way he still wanted to do the riddle. Uh, I thought that was a fun moment. Dunk? Yeah, the guy who wanted to cut out uh, Wednesday's tongue. Oh, yeah, Gunther. Where did you come up with Dunk? I, I will say, I, I, I'll be on Pete's side on this. The way they kept referring to him, I was like, what did you say? Because <laughs> it kept sounding like Dunk or Gunth or whatever. Oh, it was, uh, maybe it was. It was hard to hear. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm the asshole here. That doesn't seem likely, but maybe. Wow. Quite a dare. Um, and I do think, I love this montage at the end. Um, the song was awesome. You Want It Darker by Leonard Cohen. And just really... I feel like signaling to us, all right, this is everybody. Technical boy, all messed up. Hinzelman, yeah. Chad, Marguerite, the seal with the fish in its mouth. Mm-hmm. Huge character coming forward. It's very uh, surprising to me that there are three episodes left, not one. You know, we've had eight episode seasons before. This is definitely the sort of thing with this montage at the end, like you're saying, it felt like, here we go, the final round, one episode to go. But nope, there's three more. But I would argue there's so much left to explain and tie up in this show that I think this last three-episode chunk is going to be sort of one long final Mm -hmm. episode. I also also really liked how Bilquist, like, changed up the rhythm at that old-school dance party. That was really kind of fun and smart, the way that all kind of, like, happened, the way she was just stomping her feet a little bit. Um, I thought that was really magical, and I really liked... The way that kind of uh, uh, broke uh, the spell and the old lady got up and got down. So I I thought that was really very beautifully shot and uh, really communicated without words in such a cool way. Before we wrap up here, who is most worthy of your worship this episode? Justin, you want to go first? Great question. Um, I mean, I I was saying this at the beginning of the episode, but I got to give it up for Bilquis. I like the way they've been able to uh, really shape her story this season and give her a purpose that I think is actually going to be much 
larger um, in the in the final uh, run of the episodes of this season than I thought initially because of the way they've positioned her in these last few episodes. Pete, what about you? Uh, I got to get up for the cars. Um, I got really nervous about that last shot of the car there, but that sweet two-tone Lincoln they're rolling in right now is really nice. Uh, it's very... Very smooth ride. Uh, I, I really hope we get more of that moving forward. Mm-hmm. Do you think that is a Easter egg for Ricky Whittle's character from The Hundred, which was named Lincoln? Because I do. Yeah, deaf. There's no question. Do you think it's an Easter egg to the Pixar movie Cars? Mm. There were no. cars in that, right? Um, yeah, the second one, um, the first one obviously was um, a fictional animated movie. The second is a documentary, an animated documentary. <laughs> and Pete, you're doing a live action um, remake of Cars, right? <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's true. With, with just Cars. And all improvised, the live action uh, shot for shot. Great. You're just, you're just filming traffic and you're going to just do the voices for the Cars? You're goddamn right. Technically, they could call this season of American Gods Cars on Ice. Mm, that's nice. I'm gonna give it that up. To clunk, that clunker's Mo- going down. That yeah. clunker's going down. It's going down. Dude, uh, watch I'm your mouth. Up to Shadow Moon. This episode, as I've been talking about, love all the romance stuff. Thought it was super fun. It's Cut great. Give him a Netflix movie. Call it to all the gods I've loved before. Whatever you want to do, nice, always good. be my worship. Something like that. Whatever it is, mm. it's cool. Just make it happen. Netflix, specifically, no other streaming service or network or movie studio. Just Netflix. That's the only thing I want. Strong call-out. I like it. Thanks. If you'd like to support this podcast and other podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comicbookclub. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show at a Godcast on Twitter, comicbookclublive.com. For this podcast and many more, until next time, we'll see you in the hot tub. Oh, I'm going to pop champagne and just slide into a cold tub. Till I'm shivering, (laughs) shivering to death.